Welcome back to Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. I'm your host, Doug Konopelko, Education Strategist for CDWG. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Neil Gupta, a Director of Secondary Education out of Ohio, who's talking to me about how things have changed over time, moving from a checklist of getting things done to designing experiences for student and staff. Let's dive in. My name is Neil Gupta. Um, I get to serve as the Director of Secondary Education in Worthington Schools. It's a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, um, and uh, basically just means that I, I get to oversee our middle schools and high schools in our district. Um, I also serve on our, uh, the ASCD on the National Board of, of Directors, and I serve this year as the Vice President for that, and um, also have a website and a blog um, that's called www.farthertogether.org. Great. As a director of secondary education, some folks may not know exactly what that is that aren't as involved in the district work. So tell me a little bit about your work and uh, what you're doing in and around your district. Yeah, so it, it really is the perfect job of every day is a little different. Um, and so it, it could be from uh, meeting with the principals uh, that, I, that I get to work with and I kind of serve as a, a kind of a middle go between between the building principals and our other district administrators, we still have assistant superintendents and the superintendent in our district, um, but it could be anything with uh, helping out with safety. It could be helping out with um, plans as we develop uh, uh, our, our uh, middle school schedules or high school schedules for next year, staffing things that might happen. Um, athletics, had, had an athletics budget meeting for next year, getting ready for graduation. Um, so anything and everything that might happen, um, and it just kind of is a wonderful day. In addition to that, um, it took me, I've been, I've, I've been a director of secondary ed, or at least at the district office level in three different districts. And it took me this district to figure out how to also teach a course. Uh, so I actually get to teach a course. I've got my own students. Um, it's a blended learning class. And uh, it's not easy by any means for me to try to finagle and figure out how to, how to still connect with kids, but it's been phenomenal for me to be able to do that. And uh, I get to keep a cohort of kids for three years while they're in high school. So by the time they are done by that junior year, I feel like I've got this, this awesome connected group of, of students that I get to see kind of flourish as they go on into college and so forth. Well, and the great thing about that too is that you get to see what are the results of what you're implementing uh, at the district as well, right? Because you get to see it all the way down to the student level. Yeah. So it, what's neat is, is, um, you know, I, I told them on day one, you get to call me Neil. So what's cool is like, I'm walking down the hallway and I'll talk, we'll talk about this probably a little bit later, but sometimes I've got the blinders on, I'm walking down to go to the meeting with the principal and I, it's during a class change and I'll hear Neil. And I know that that's one of my students. Like I just, like I, my head turns around. It's one of my students because who's, who's going to call me Neil otherwise. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, we get to a certain point where when they realize and know that, you know, I have this title of director of secondary education, they don't hold back where they, they will reach out to me and say, Hey, let me tell you about something I think that needs to be fixed. And you know, you get that real scoop and story that happens, which is, which is great. Speaking of fixing things around the district, you've mentioned to me before that you're working on transitioning your sixth grade from the elementary schools to the middle schools. And that this has definitely been uh, a larger project, right? So for someone outside of education, it may just sound like, well, you should just move the students from the elementary building to the middle school building. So tell us a little more about what's involved in something like that. 
Sure. So, so in our district, we're growing, which is a, a great problem to have. I was in a district once where we were shrinking and we had to close a building down and, and that's, that's just never a good feeling. Um, but growth is good. Um, and so that means that uh, we have currently our, our sixth graders are in our elementary schools and uh, to help alleviate space, we said, let's get, let them go to the middle school level and we'll add on to our middle schools, some space that goes along with that. We'll figure out how to move the teachers, you know, and, and uh, kids and go from there. The fortunate part of this is we, we knew about this about four years in advance. So I, as I now get to talk with other districts in other states uh, and I share the story, they tell me that they some, sometimes are only uh, making this change sometimes over the summer. They, they leave for the spring and then they make this decision like in May and have to be ready by August. So having four years um, has been a luxury. Um, sometimes it becomes a problem because when you have too much time on your hands, you, you start to kind of see more things that you want to fix um, and regardless if they are needed or not. Um, but, you know, it really gave us this opportunity to think about how do we how do we do things in such a way where we can be a little bit more thoughtful about about the possibility of how people feel in, in this process. So, I mean, to be honest with you. Um, I've created a master schedule before. There's a certain timeline and work that needs to be done with that. Now, this is a macro level. So we're, we're opening a new building and we're also adding on to, to three or four middle schools all at the same time. So trying to finagle all the staffing that has to happen with that. And again, I'm working with a, a phenomenal team. It's not me by myself by any means. Um, but just kind of thinking through how do we help kind of think about our parents through this process and what they're thinking about. Because although it's not new to uh, maybe other districts to have sixth grade in, in your middle schools, it, that's tough for, for families to kind of think about and, and you know, pivot in that mindset. Um, our, our students um, are always apprehensive when they move to another building as a cohort, um, but obviously this creates a little bit more of that uh, when it's obviously the newness of, of what that might look like. From a staff standpoint, it's the same thing. You know, early on, you, I, I think I told myself, uh, gosh, the staff all still have a job. We're just going to move from one building to the other building. Um, but as you hear the stories about that, and, and then I reflect on it, I know that for our teachers, this is, you know, they, they were in a family with their K-6 elementary school, let's say. Maybe they've been in that building for 20 years. They got to uh, laugh together. They got to cry together. They got to celebrate together some, some personal achievements, some professional achievements that may have happened. And, and even though they, they stay in the same job and, and you know, in the same district, moving a building, it brought some tears uh, as we, we talked with them. Um, and that was tough. And it was just important for us to think about how do we do things in a thoughtful way that helps people to um, realize that there are things that we may not be able to, to, to correct, but at least we can help um, empathize with them through this process and, and try to make it so that it was meaningful for them. And it's something they could kind of look, look for and celebrate in the future. So one of the cool things that's gonna happen is we've been doing these middle school videos. Our principals got a chance to, to uh, star in these videos. I got to help kind of direct the videos of what, what they would be doing in these. And we'd shared them on, on uh, social media. And this next, this is the third video in our series of four. Um, the third video is we're going to go, I get to go to the elementary schools and, and talk to fifth and sixth graders. What, what are your concerns? What are your fears? You know, and uh, what are some questions that you might have? And then I want to capture those on video. And then I want to go to our middle schools and ask our middle school students those questions that maybe they had two years ago and let them answer them. 
And, you know, and, and hopefully there's this neat juxtaposition of I'm worried about how to open a locker and, and then have a seventh or eighth grader answer that question of, you know, I had that same question, you know, and that same fear. And let me tell you, this is what, what's going to happen and what you should expect sort of thing that will hopefully come out of that. So it'll be a way to kind of help honor the things that they were there and help to hopefully do that. It, obviously, I would minimize it if I answer the questions or if I try to create a FAQ document that's cold and it's just typed. But hopefully the voices and, and the kids will help hopefully make that a better experience for families too. It sounds like rather than just checking off the list of here are the things we need to do to move students from point A and staff from point A to point B, by doing things like the videos and for you, the benefit of having those ongoing conversations with students as well is you're helping design an experience rather than just move sixth grade from elementary schools to middle schools. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a, a cool, another cool story that kind of happened through this process is, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to wrap myself out on this one is that, um, you know, I, I remember I was at a point where um, I thought we need to talk to our sixth grade teachers. And I was working with our chief, our, 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 our assistant superintendent, um, Angie Adrian. And um, I went to, there are, there are 11 elementary schools, by the way. So I had this idea of let's not just have one meeting at the district office, but let's have two meetings at the district office to bring the sixth grade teachers over and we can ask them certain questions about, you know, how they're feeling and, and that sort of thing. And so I walked over to her and I said, Angie, let, like, let's talk about these two meetings. And she said, we're not going to go and have two meetings at, at the district office. We're going to go to the elementary schools and we're going to talk to them. And I, and I was like, do you, did you forget that there are 11 elementary schools? That's 11 meetings. That's 11 after school meetings that we're going to have to have. And she goes, yep, we're going to do that because it's the right thing to do. Think about how scary that is of, of them coming to the district office and never, they've never really met me because I'm working with the middle schools and high schools. They're officially at the elementary level at that point. And she had just gotten a job um, as our assistant superintendent. So, so, so I set up those dates, got them on the calendar, said that we're going to come to them, walked with her, walked into her office, think like two hours before the meeting and said, I've got this typed agenda ready to go of how we're going to go through all this stuff. She goes, you're not going to bring an agenda into that room. They don't know who we are. You're not bringing an agenda in. You're going to walk in with just a notepad. And I said, a notepad, what's our agenda then? She says, we're going to have three questions. What are your hopes? What are your fears? And what are your dreams? And she goes, and we're just going to listen. And we're going to listen and we're going to listen and we're going to listen. And I'll tell you what, that was the best thing that we could have done. That was the, I mean, because the first building we walked in and they were looking, they had their laptops ready to go. And we walked in with like just our notepads and, and they kept looking like, where's, where's, where's the backpack? Where's the, and we said, we're just here to listen. And, and it really broke the ice and it helped broke, broke down barriers. And we weren't looking at screens. We were looking up at faces. And again, it turned out that I was thinking logistics and it, it turned into emotion and um, it, it was a beautiful thing that we could sit in that moment and just kind of be with them and, and, and talk through things. Um, they were concerned about their kids. They were concerned about what was happening. And it was important for us to think about how we can help support them. So what can leaders do tomorrow if they're looking to move from the checklist and the agenda, right, to being able to connect with their staff and design experiences? Yeah. So, so I'm a major proponent of design thinking principles. I, I would say, um, you know, to start kind of delving into, do, do some Google searches of it. If you kind of go through my website, you'll find some, you know, blogs that I've written about it. Um, I would check into some, some other groups that, that talk about this concept of design thinking. It comes out of the business world. 
Um, but really it's this opportunity to, to think about things that when we run across issues, problems uh, that, that we have to try to solve, how do you begin with an empathy standpoint? How do you, how do you work from a human-centered approach and then build in certain design principles that help to really invoke and, and gather feedback along the way, um, prototyping and ideation that comes along with it before you lock and load and, and, and try to just kind of sit through things. As a district leader, the, the, the hardest thing I have to fight against is myself. When I start to say, I know what I think the answer should be. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm just rifling emails after emails, you know, instead of like opening the door up and walking into the classrooms and into the buildings, talking with parents, talking with students. Um, I talked earlier about, you know, just, just having a boost to the ground, um, talking to parents and students about their experience and what their thoughts should be. Talked with a counselor today and, and just said, let me pick your brain for a little bit. Coach me up on where you think I should go with this issue. I'll do the work. I just need you to help kind of guide me through where you think I should come from. She just shared with me about two minutes of some insight that, that really propelled me forward better than I could have done if I sat in my office and just thought I, I knew what needed to be done with my 20 years of experience, you know, in education. Yeah, leading with that empathy lens and and leaning towards listening, even though it's really difficult sometimes, I think can help really push us forward. Right. Well, and, and it, it prevents us from having to backtrack. I mean, I, I still find myself doing that. I'm human, but I do it a lot less when I, when I do that. Absolutely. Well, Neil, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate your work. Great. Thanks. Thanks for letting me be here. Thanks for joining us today on Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or a review. If you'd like to contact us about the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at theconopelco or send us an email at focusonk12 at cdw.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time as we focus on K-12.